0: The following program is sponsored by Disciples Pathway Ministries. Welcome to Disciples Pathway Ministries, a mobile ministry with Minister Robbie E. Lilly. Disciples Pathway Ministry is a mobile ministry advancing the kingdom of God so that no one is left behind when Jesus Christ, our King of Kings, returns for His great church. Good afternoon, good afternoon family. This is Minister Dion back in the saddle with you today. Uh, My mom Really misses you guys, she really loves you guys. she's looking forward to coming back and she's thinking about you guys and praying about you guys as we are as a family so today we're gonna continue to uh go into what we were speaking on last week is what does God look like in the center of our day to day life? Why does he call us to the center? We talked about the necessity to keep God at the forefronts and him being our last resort but Him at the center. That's a very important place, both physically, both mentally and also spiritually. So today we're going to delve into more of the practicality of it. Our last message gave the theology and biblical breakdown of it. But I just want to talk to you guys about what this looks like day to day in our day to day living. So let's ask ourselves this when we first wake up in the morning. What are the first two or three things that we think about or that we do? If you leave it up to my generation, most would say, hey, I grab the phone, you know, check the check the Instagrams, the social media, the Twitter. Or maybe we check emails and things or work and where I got to be in a timely manner. Or maybe the kids getting them out, yada, yada, yada. You know, these things we automatically as our eyes open, we just get straight to. But. What we put our mind on initially in the morning that really dictates the way our day goes and where God fits into that. Let us pray. Father God, as we come to your word this day, may you keep us, may you sustain us, may you open up our ears, open up our eyes to see and hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, thank you for this life that you've given us, thank you for the blood that has washed us that has presented us unto yourself, that we have the privilege to be called your children. Father God, thank you for the many blessings that you bestowed upon us. Thank you for keeping us even in these times of unsurety. Thank you for speaking your word unto us, your word that was spoken at the beginning, that now is and will forever stand for you say you honor your word above your beautiful name and You've given us your very name, therefore we're called children, sons, and daughters of yours. And now we are seated at the right hand, along in Jesus, and being restored to that which you've called us to, O Father God, which you've initially put on us. Thank you for your redemptive power. Thank you for your grace and mercy by which we live. Lord, how we love you, and we give you all the glory, all the power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk about God in the center of our day-to-day living. What comes through day-to-day? Relationships. Let's talk about our relationships. Marriage. Now we all know I've I've I am myself a, a newlywed, and if you've been married for some time or have been married before, you know that you have need of God in the center. I've heard a, a wonderful, beautiful analogy that We ought to have like a wheelbarrow marriage. What a wheelbarrow marriage is, is we see the structure of a wheelbarrow. It's just two stands, a wheel at the front, and, of course, the barrel that takes on the load. Well, we stand together as husband and wife on one accord and moving on one accord. But then we got God right there. He's the wheel. So when the cares and the weight of life comes into the barrel, He's able we're able to lift up off of these stands, and then he bears the weight as the will as he guides us through. So there's a necessity to keep God even in the midst of our marriage, even in the midst of our family, with our siblings, with our fathers and our mothers, with our aunties and those who uh, are who are blood related or by life circumstances related, because blood cannot make you even closer. You know how we treat our brother. God says, How can you love me whom you have not seen when you hate your brother whom you have seen? This is what he considers as murder in the Bible. What about when we're dating and we're courting and even in our singleness? There's a need to keep God in the center in our midst. As men, we're builders. You know, we build and lay foundation. We, We build up infrastructures and facilities to take in a wife, to take in children, that they may be kept as women. You need to know what to look for as a young lady. And that you don't walk into any type of facility or infrastructure that God did not condone or lead you into. Least you be held captive in that way. But even in our ultimate relationship, which is our relationship in Christ and our relationship with one another in the body. We ought to walk with one another and we're called to walk with with one another with a God-centered mind and a God-centered focus as Christ is the head. So even unto strangers who those outside looking in, they may have a heart stirred about just just by seeing how we walk as those in the body and believers in the body with one another. A lot of people have either been led astray or brought in by just the activity and the day-to-day things that they see in the church. How many have walked away or have been led astray by the activity of what they see in the body? If they 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 look at a certain thing like, oh, whoa, I, I don't think I want to be a part of that, when they probably had a heart right there on the cusp of walking in and receiving this thing called salvation. So as we walk together and as we walk with one another and even as we walk towards strangers, we have to be careful to keep God in the midst of our affairs that we don't cause anybody else to stumble or those who are right on the outside to come on in. We talked about that's God. That's God at the center of relationship. Let's talk about God at the center of your workmanship. Let's go back to Genesis. I love going back to Genesis. If you ever want to know the, the state of man and understand the state of man, Just read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. It's chock full of answers as to why we are what we are and why he is who he is. So with workmanship, God gave Adam this garden. The The very name, his very name, Adam Adama, means tiller or worker of the field. Now, this day, we don't really quite understand the agricultural uh, side of things because we could just go to our local Walmart or Fiesta, go grab an apple, go grab your vegetables, go grab your chicken. We are not out trying to slaughter things <laughs> and put a thank God for that, <laughs> you know, but he called him to work the field and till the field. And he gave him what he needed and the strength that he need and the resources that he need for he himself is the source to put, to to, to for the field to yield its increase and for the field to be cultivated. We are still Adams today as men. And even women also have this ability to cultivate and to nurture. What is your field of expertise? Think about it. There's, a, there's the world of business. There's the world of finance. There's the, the sports world. What, what is your field of expertise? Are you a mechanic? Are you in a medical field? Are you, on the, are you on the baseball, soccer field, football field? We still have fields and dominions and things that God has placed us. Your desire to do what you're doing now is because God put you there. And if you're questioning what you're doing, you need to go back to your source and say, Father, put me in a place or show me the place where I can best glorify you and honor you and keep you in the center in the midst of, what we're going, of, of, of what's in my life and what I have in my field. Because in your field, that's where he's giving you dominion. According to the bible let's let's look at let's look at the work versus the job. the employee or the employer provides the job, but God provides the work the job employs you, but the work in God deploys you. What are you saying when you go in and clock in the Job can only pay you for that set amount of time you get in, you do your work, you meet your quota and you go home. But with the work, this is a lifetime thing. This is what God has given us with your work. You can take it from place to place, from position to position, because this is what God instilled in you. They can't take it away from you. And they got and they have to pay you for it. So now with your work, this is where God takes and moves us and promotes us and increases us because the work is ever working the job can come and go they want to see they want to see you retire go ahead c- collect the social security and going on about your business but the work of god is until he calls his home so in proverbs let's look at this it says a slothful man a man who is slothful in his work he is a companion to a destroyer a man who is slothful in his work is a companion to a destroyer who is the destroyer in the bible he comes but to steal kill and destroy so being lazy in your work you make yourself a companion of the enemy god has a issue with though if you if you're going to go, go do something if you're going to go and work if you're going to put your hands to do something You may want to give it 100%. You may want to give it every bit of effort and every bit of strength that God has given you to give it. Because if you're lazy in your work or you become complacent in your work, you give the enemy a foothold to come take, steal, kill, and destroy that which God gave to you and put in your responsibility. Therefore, it'll be your responsibility when the time comes to give an answer. You remember the parable? Of the faithful and the wicked servants. The one he gave five talents. The one he gave two. The one he gave one. How The five, one with the five and the two. They went out and increased and effectively doubled what God gave them. But the one was lazy and went and buried it out of fear. And then when the master came to recollect off of what he had given the servants to the five. To the one he gave the five. To the one he gave the two. He said, you go be good. You, you're All is well with you. All is well with me and you. But to the one, he said, you are unfaithful. Get from before me. I never knew you. And to and he took his talent and gave it to the one with the five. So the way that we approach our work is going to be accounted to us. Our work is what we put into our job. Timeliness, how we're showing up. Our parents, our pair. How are we handling situation? How are we handling coworkers? You may have unbelie, you may work in an office full of uh, unbelievers. You may work in an office with a harsh boss, but is is are you doing this for man or are you doing it unto God? The Word talks about this. So that's God in the center of our relationship. That's God in the center of our workmanship. Now let's talk about God in the center of our stewardship. Is God in the midst of your finances? Let's be real. Because we didn't all fell short in this place. This place this place called the wallet is a very intimate place. <laughs> this, this is a very intimate place to God. Out of all the things and all the wonderful things that Jesus preached on, money was the number one subject matter. Because money dictates a lot of things and a lot of different behaviors. You will see a lot of people break character <laughs> about money. Money is the driving force of of this economy. and We know that we all need money to live. And Jesus is well aware of this. He knows this. The Bible says he knows what we have need of even before we pray or act. So he, he also says that he gives us the power to gain wealth. But he also says in this you ought to honor me. You are to honor me with the first fruits of all your harvest. Why does God require the tithe? It all belongs to him anyway. So, so why why does he want one tenth out of us? Because if you can serve God in this intimate matter, if you can if you can surrender your money to Him, you can surrender everything else in your possession to Him. If you want to know if 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 a, if a business or up and coming company wants to know if you're truly if you truly believe in them and you truly be, uh, see the vision that they see, they're gonna see they're gonna see how much are you willing to invest. And the greater the investment, the greater the return. Where did this principle come from? It came from the kingdom. Jesus grew up in the home of a businessman, a carpenter. So, with these principles, we have to we have to know that where we put our money and how we use our money, and not just not just so t- giving tithe the one tenth, but even the rest of the ninety, how we use that, God is taking account of. So. Family, that's God in our relationship, that's God in our workmanship, and that's God in our stewardship. Family, these things that God has need to be in the center of and that we have a need for him to be in the center of, is all to bless us. He has set up a life from the garden as an example that he wants us to live blessed. He doesn't want us to be blessed and highly favored over here in this area of life, but over here in this area of life were poor and in need and in lack, broke, busted, and disgusted, as they would say. That's why we have some successful businessmen or uh, well-off businessmen that are prestiged and, and held in high regard and well-respected in their business field, but when they come home, they find that, their houses is in disarray they lost they they dropped the ball as husbands they dropped the ball as fathers. God doesn't want that he God desires wholeness He wants you to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you lie down and blessed when you rise up. He desires for us to live what this was called this whole blessed life that Everything that you put your hands on and that and everything that he put in your hands, yield this increase and yield is fruit. It is all but a seed designed to yield the increase that he may be glorified. And that you may be w- walking and working in the fullness of your God given potential. So many get lost just because they don't know what their purpose is and it's just unmet potential or they don't know what their identity is. When we get God in the middle, when we get God in the nucleus, he can do some mighty things and wants to do some mighty things. Up until, up until, I forgot what year it is, we believe that everything revolved around the earth. The sun, the moon, and the other planets. We believe, we believe that these things revolved around the earth. But soon, we found out when we were able to get a, a perspective from space and it was able to change. And we was able to change. perspective. We was able to get that top down perspective, that heavenly perspective. We seen that Earth orbited around the sun and we are in motion. We are not the center of our existence. Why do you say that, Pastor? Why did you bring that up? Because I want you to get this. If God is not at the center of yourself then you will become self-centered we talked about the tree of life in the midst of the garden last week but there was another tree that was in the midst of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that tree that was forbidden that tree that god did not want them to to eat off of and now we see the reason why because when they ate off of that tree because the enemy had duped them into believing that God was holding back from them and God didn't want them to have something, but they had it. They had everything that they could want or desire. That put them in a place of isolation from God. God came out of the center and they put themselves at the center. And when you put yourself at the center family, you put yourself out of position and in a dangerous position because that's what the enemy himself, Satan himself did when he was kicked out of heaven. He said, I want to be worshipped. Aren't I the angel of praise? Aren't I number one in command? God had already put him number one in command. God had already equipped him with his beauty and arrayed him greater and made him greater than all the other angels. God had already did this. So what more could you desire outside of me and all in what I've already given you? He said, "No, no, no!" But I need some more. There's something. There's something that I'm not getting. And so he centered, He put himself at the center, and he was dismissed along with the third that that left with him. And this is the same. This is the same mindset that he's trying to get us in. We don't have to be Satan. You're not gonna have too many people walking around here talking about I'm Satan centered. He don't need. To, he don't need to, Satan doesn't need to center himself. He's gonna center himself by centering yourself, making you about you. So. To avoid this temptation, we go back to Proverbs and leaning not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledging him that he shall direct our paths. So, family, we have to literally submit, surround and submerge ourselves so that we become saturated with the things of God. A lot of times we often seek the things of God. And we and and we and we are often built to want the things of God, but not God in the thing. Family, it came from his hand, so it's behoove us to have his hand in it, and himself in it. The body. Romans twelve, at the top, reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Underneath that, I will mind and be not conformed to this world, but, ye, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our spirit is built and made for the communion between us and God. We're not made to live or function apart from God. A cell phone is only going to remain charged for so long before it has to be reconnected to that source of power. Least it die. And all that capability and all those functions and all those windows and Internet is null and void because it has no power. We must remain connected to to the source, family. And if you don't know what I'm talking about in being connected, I'm going to extend an invitation to you. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make an intercession for them. Jesus lives to be in the middle. Jesus lives to come in between. I would hate to show up to court and not have representation or attorney or a bad attorney. Chances are the result of that court date is going to land us somewhere where we don't want to be. So family, let us let him be what he wants to be. Let's stop moving in the other direction. And let's move into him and bring him into us right there in the center where he needs to be. So family, if you're right there on the outside looking in, And you want to come in and see all that He has just for you? Repeat after me this prayer of salvation. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you hung, bled, and died in my place. You, the Son of God, then rose and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, you are welcomed in this place of my heart. May your spirit never depart. Receive me. As I received you this day, in your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Family, if you just prayed that prayer, we here at Disciple Pathway Ministries believe that you have just received salvation. That is the first step into your destiny, that predestined destiny that God has chosen for you at the beginning of time. Get yourself into the word of God. Find a version that resonates with you. Surround yourself with people who can be trusted. Let the spirit guide you and navigate you in where you need to be so that you may see him. And that he may reveal himself unto you and show you who he is. That he may show you who you truly are now. Know that the old man has been put off. And behold, all things are new in Christ Jesus. You are not captive. You are not bound. You are not stuck in your childhood. You are not stuck in the abusive situation. You are not stuck in your past mistakes and your failures. But God is doing a new work. And it's working all these things, even those things, out for your good. Because you love him and he first loved us. Family, we love you. We thank you for tuning in. And we hope to hear from you. Reach out to us at robbie.lily63 at gmail.com. Find us on the social media platforms where we love to connect with.